What's good, family? You're tuned in to Do The Work Podcast, the place where commitment meets transformation, man. I'm your host, Harold McGee Jr., and I believe that dedication can rewrite destinies and that the journey to mental wellness is a path worth walking. Real talk. Each week, we dive deep into the topics and stories of men who face the odds, who've turned their setbacks into comebacks and transformed their fears into purpose. If you're ready to be inspired, to be challenged, and to do the work necessary for your own mental wellness and growth, then you're in the right place, man. Let's go. Listen, y'all, I have the absolute pleasure of spending some time with one of my favorite people. And so I want to introduce him in a very Harold McGee way so that all the listeners and viewers for Do The Work can know who this wonderful man of God is. And so listen, this man that I am sitting next to is a mantle carrying, momentum creating, preaching heaven down preacher, protein shake drinking, body weight losing, (laughs) picture man and tech junkie. Apostle Mandate Carrion, my friend, my bro, my covenant prayer partner, Apostle, pastor, photographer, digital uh, graphic designer, father, teacher, David Simmons. Come on. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. (laughs) Oh, I hope I didn't embarrass you. Yep. All the way did. It's it's fine. I think I should be probably used to it right now. Hey man, we are here, man. It was we've we've celebrated your birthday, yeah, which was amazing, by the way. It was fun. It was definitely Fair, fun. Your church went all out. It did. <laughs> it really did. It was so great. It was really great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was cool. Thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. And uh, we're like the adopted families of Revive Church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rivers Church, Rivers Church, Rivers we were, Church. We were revived. They were revived. Now they're Rivers Church. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That was the... Uh... So look, let's just jump right into it, man. Let's do it. You know, I know personally that you have a great testimony of overcoming some great mental health struggles. Yeah. And so I just want to jump right into it. Okay. And what did... You can share a little bit about what... Or you could pick what mental health... Uh, struggle that you want to talk about, but okay. what did doing the work? This is the doing the work podcast, and so what did doing the work uh, look like for you and sure. that mental health? Struggle? I remember when I um, so at the age of seven, my grandmother died. Wow! And at that point, I had to grow up to mm-hmm. do stuff. So I was in the house when she died. Yeah. So um, my grandfather's in denial of her dying, so he kept trying to wake her up. I'm like. She's not getting up. Mm-hmm. And at that point, so I had to gather like her insurance stuff and contact the family, call wow, the ambulance wow. and all these things. And from that, you know, the funny thing, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking about this not too long ago. We always say like, oh, they're just, they're just so grown up for their age. And mm-hmm, we pride mm-hmm. ourselves in Come that. On. But that really is a trauma response. Yes. It's a trauma response. Yes. And so it's like, you know, you can be grown for your age and way beyond your years, but that is a trauma response. It really and is. And I didn't realize that. Until you know, in my twenties, I was like, "Wow, this is, this is not okay. This is not normal. This is, this is not known for like you know." So I never had a childhood, and so 
she was my best friend. Like she was my ride or die. My yeah, grandma, yeah. like she was everything to me. And I remember going up to her casket, and I was the only one. I think no, everybody else typically going up in twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was the only one. I was like, this is so horrible. <laughs> but um, after that, I I began to um, coddle depression, and I didn't mm. know it. I didn't know what it was yeah. back then. When I was, I sound like I'm so old. <laughs> When we were you, we were young and not a kid. <laughs> right, we, we right. had to um, depression and mental health was not a, a primary thing. It wasn't. So it wasn't. It was there, but no one really focused on it. We and just so, call you crazy, literally. <laughs> and so all through school, I'm going through trying to be accepted by people, trying yes. to be loved by people. Yes. My mom is yes. trying to battle her stuff as well mm. with her losing her mom, and then shortly after that, we have a sister. Her sister, my aunt. Like it's just so many things, and mixed with that school challenges and family challenges, financial challenges, so many things. Yes. I just, I learned how to adapt. Mm. Um, and then that was at seven. By the time I got to 16, I was like, something's wrong with me. Oh, like something, man. something is not right. Um, like trying to, like I wanted to um, buy blackout curtains. I wanted mm. to stay in my room. I was always, I didn't want to eat. I was in bed or, and then I all have bouts where I overate to compensate, yeah, you know, yeah, those feelings yeah. and stuff like that of rejection and mm-hmm. abandonment. Um, and it was tough. It was really Man. tough to, and so at 16, I uh, came to tell my mom and she hugged me. We embraced uh, my father is not in my life and mm-hmm. never he was he was present little bits of time uh but not prominent mm-hmm. and so she called him to come over and talk to me and he was like what's wrong with you like you just mm. you just need to eat like what's wrong i can take me wow. get some food like wow. just just get happy don't be sad just be happy wow that's like that's not how you yeah that's not how you do it and i was like you don't understand me He's like, man, what do you mean? Like, he's cussing me out. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, all right, this is, I'm just going to get out the car. I'm going to so, fix it the fastest I yeah, know how. like, come on. <laughs> so, uh, so after that, um, I remember enrolling into a uh, an outpatient, like, youth group. Oh, nice, nice. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll try it, see if it helps. Um, and I remember also, like, going to church. Mm-hmm. And after a choir rehearsal at the church I was at, um, because even, even the, here's the thing, through all of what I was going through mm-hmm. mentally, I still was going to school. Come on. I still was leading choirs and musicians. I mean, all, all kinds of, I was still a minister of music. I became a minister of music at the age of 13, over five choirs. Come on. So I'm doing all this stuff, juggling school, juggling club, juggling all this kind of stuff, and still mentally going, going insane. English. And so I remember I told, I came to church, I said, hey, I'll need you all to pray for me because I'm really battling depression and, mm. I, and suicide and suicide wow. ideation and wow. I need help. Yeah. And um, they, somebody came to me, I'll never forget this. She said, do you think that you should, you know, you shouldn't really say those things at church. You know, you should keep wow. those things, you know, to yourself. Those are private things and it's not for the church to, to know and they're not for the church to help. And <laughs> so I'm like... This is the church. Yes. We're supposed to be there and help. And so I was shunned away. But in every every time wow. I said something, I was always shunned. Like, don't say that. It's, mm. You know, it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, you know, just you'll, you'll be fine. And I wasn't. So um, I went to the support group. Yeah. The doctor at the time put everybody on Wellbutrin. That was like the, the the number one drug. Just, <laughs> and it made you a mummy. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, I'm not taking this no more. So I told him, you got this. I'm not taking this anymore. So um, I ended up helping everybody else out of the program. Wow. Because the doctor was like, 
he was like, well, you know, this. So I said, can I say something? He's like, <laughs> he's like, sure. So he sat back, and I, I literally, not unknowingly, counseled yeah. these come on people. Yeah. So there are cutters. There mm-hmm. were um, mm-hmm. uh, all kind of stuff. There. So everybody, they stopped cutting. They graduated out of the program. They've been there forever. Wow. I, when I came in and I started giving advice through wisdom of Holy Spirit, which I didn't know at the time, they got out. And so after a few months, it was only me and him sitting there. And I was like, well, I'm not coming back anymore. <laughs> So I'm good. I'm done too, brother. So yeah, literally. So and I said I, I threw the medication back at him. I was like, I'm not doing this. Come so on. So at that point, um, I left, um, and suicide was still there. And so mm. I tried to kill myself multiple times. Wow. Um, and so that's when I was introduced to the supernatural unknowingly. So yes, I can see I, that. I got a car at 16. I was so happy to get a car so I could run off the road. What kind of 16 <laughs> year old does that? I'm not really sure. So I do that. Um, I tried to steer my car off the road. The angel, an angel came and steered it back the other way. Come on. Uh, multiple times. I remember taking pills. None of that worked. Mm. Hanging my, try to hang myself. None of that worked. Like, can I please get out of here? Like, that's what I want. I'm ready to leave. Yeah. And at that point, I had to realize that there was something mm. better for me. And so yes. doing the work to answer your question was like, I really had to, I believe in Jesus and I also believe in therapy. I believe in Jesus, but I also believe yes. in mental health specialist. And yes. so I had to lean into that part of like really leaning into what do I need help? Yes. And so my doing the work for me looked like I had to confess. I had to say something. Mm-hmm. I had to speak up to the right people. Because I was thinking about the other day, which is funny you asked that question, but I was thinking the other day, like there, if, if we, if we break our foot, we're going to go to a foot doctor. If yep. we break, you know, if we, something with our skull, we're going to go to a brain surgeon, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, we go to the right thing. But when it comes to mental health, we want just a friend. Oh. And you can't always rely just on a friend That's to a word. help you. Like you have to go to someone who specializes in that. Like there's one central person that can do everything. That's God. Yes. yes. But outside of that, he puts people in our lives that can help us, which Dude. means we got to invest into that, which yes. means it's going to cost you some money. Yes. You can't always look for the cheap way out because yes. the cheap way out could be the crippling way out. So I, you can't always just rely on like, oh, I can talk to like somebody for a little cheap. Nah, you need to invest in your mental health. <laughs> oh, and that may be a, a few hundred dollars. Listen. That's fine. But listen. So doing the work, I had to confess and had to get around people who actually yes. could say, Hey, we we're noticing you're you're retreating. Come on, what's going on? Like doing that work looked like just that. Like I had to I had to completely expose my life, my heart, my mind. I had to learn how to be vulnerable, and that's when. So when you decide that, that's when God can put healthy relationships in your life. Yes, to help you navigate through those points, and that's what He did. He staffed my life with people who actually cared. Yeah, who actually could see me. Yes. And not just me smiling all the time. Because I mastered the smile. Listen. I was perfect. That was good. I was like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, how can I kill myself today? Yeah. How can I? Sitting in church. How can I dude, kill myself today? Sitting so in school. So many people like that. Dude, all the time. So and so that that was my thing. And so when he staffed my life, I was able to move forward from there. And that's what doing the work for me. And it was it was through a supernatural encounter I was delivered from that. But that's not everybody's story. Yeah. You know, that that was a radical night. But I that was a night like God, if you do not do something, I'm going to just I'm going to yes. find a way to end it all. I'll yes. run into the wall, whatever I need to do. And yes. that's it happened just like that for me. And it's like if, if people will hear this and be like, Man, why can my story be that easy? 
It's not, and my story still was not easy. Yes, yeah. I have was radically delivered and radically pulled out of it. But for some people, it's going to take you a few years, and that's okay. But yeah. doing the work means stay consistent. Yes, stay stick in there until it happens. Celebrate the small wins, like those little tiny things. Like that's what helped me. Like, yes. and I was, I used to be like, no, if it's not something big, I'm not celebrating. <laughs> but like, like okay, David, you went today without suicide ideation. That's Thinking a big about thing. It. That's good. That's a or instead thing. of like four thoughts, I had two. Yes. That's a celebrate. Like yes. that's, it's still a Mr. Proud celebrate, you know? This so progress. It's, yeah. <laughs> and so it's those little things that help. Um, and so that's what doing the work looks like. It looks like really sticking in there, taking it day by day, not week by week, not not month by month, just day by day. Sometimes second by second, because you never yeah. know what can happen. Yeah, it's um it's it sounds like what you're saying is when you do the work. You made yourself trust people. Yes. Like, and being vulnerable, you gave people permission. Absolutely. To see you for what you were going through. Absolutely. Like, this is the facade. Now, let me let you in Absolutely. on what's behind the facade. Absolutely. And when you see these actions, when you see these, mm-hmm. you know, little things that I'm doing, I need you to call me mm-hmm. out on it. I need you to check on me. Absolutely. I need you to say, hey, what's going on? Literally. Like you giving people permission mm-hmm. to keep you accountable. Because something that I don't like, I don't like unsolicited accountability. Man, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> unsolicited Why accountability. Like, like, who told you you could tell me when I'm out of line? And you have no ability and, to. And I'm like, come on. And they're so... I believe just like just like unsolicited advice, mm-hmm. unsolicited accountability is, I think, just if not more detrimental because mm-hmm. you have to be in a place of vulnerability and trust Absolutely. for someone to pour into you at that capacity. Absolutely. And if you haven't given someone that permission mm-hmm. to pour into you in that capacity to keep you accountable, mm-hmm. then you're really not gaining from mm-hmm. their accountability. Mm-hmm. Which means because, you really, you really have to lean into that, like getting rid of that pride. Yes, I never realized here, like how pride manifests in so many things. Ooh. Like not even wanting, like some for someone to speak well of you, like and you hate that. That's, that's pride. pride. That's pride. It's so, like even in his introduction, y'all. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm still working on that piece because I hate it. But oh my gosh, but like it's even that, and then like like you mentioned about having people. Which means you got to know your triggers. Yes. And know what sets you off. And so I remember during that time, I was struggling really bad with anxiety. Mm. Just so I would always, anxiety meaning like you're always yeah. living in the next. You're yeah. always there. Yeah. And so that trust piece, which is I think what probably a lot of listeners deal with, mm-hmm. is like, okay, but if I trust them, what happens? So like, are they going to talk about me? Are they going to say something bad about me? Are they going to go black my stuff everywhere? Like, no. Uh, yes. Like, but all that anxious fuel that's running through. And the reason why that happens, like, yes, you you may have had some negative experiences with people. Yes. But that does not mean that you take those negative experiences and expect it from every person that you Dude. ever encounter. And I know, please don't, listeners, don't log <laughs> off now. I know that just it's hard to trust people. Yeah, it. it really is. It really is. It's but, but it's like you don't go to Taco Bell and they mess up your order. Yeah. And so you go at KFC expecting the service that you got at Taco yeah, Bell. Yeah, expecting a taco. <laughs> it's it's like, a chicken strip. It's the chick. 
<laughs> like, I'm sorry about the service you got there. Yeah. But we're going to do things different here. Yeah, <laughs> like, man. give us a chance. <laughs> but no, uh, uh, I said this on a previous episode, but there's levels to freedom. Absolutely. And the first level is transparency. Yeah. Transparency is just letting people see you for who you yep, are. Absolutely. Then there's vulnerability. Yeah. Vulnerability is putting transparency in context. Yeah. So I'm letting you see the real me, but now I'm gonna be vulnerable and give you context for why I act yeah, and do the things absolutely. that I do. Absolutely. And then once you get past transparency and vulnerability, then there's accountability. Mm-hmm. I'm taking what I have. Mm-hmm. I'm taking my transparency. I'm taking my vulnerability, mm-hmm. and I'm saying. Hold it. Yeah. If I if if you see these triggers, if mm-hmm. you see these these uh, uh, accountability is saying, here's how far I can go. Yeah. I want you to know that. Yep. So that when you see the flags. Yep. You like look. Let's get back over here. Mm-hmm. And so that's accountability. Mm-hmm. That's that's per, that's grant, giving someone permission mm-hmm. to keep you accountable. But then freedom. Freedom is when you have nothing to hide at all. <laughs> Freedom is saying, I'm being transparent, yeah. I'm being vulnerable, Absolutely. I'm being accountable, and if you tell my stuff to someone else, I'm going to trust you enough to think to, to expect that you had a good Absolutely. reason to say it. And if you did it, I'm going to trust God enough to convict Absolutely. you so that you don't do it again. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's why the Bible says in James, like, confess your faults one, one to, to another. another. And we love to say that, but the rest of it says that ye may be healed. healed. Come on. And I, that, I think some of the greatest healing uh, that we miss out on is because we refuse to give into community yes. and let people in. And I think, yes. man, like that confess your faults, which means false issues. Mm-hmm. Confess your things. And you cannot uh, ask God for friends and community mm. and stuff and then not welcome yeah. those things in because if he's sending them that means you can be open and be yes. honest with them yes. and that's why like you should not invest into any friendship if you have not healed from your previous ones Ooh. and if you don't then you'll always project that Pro- yes. all that stuff yes. that happened before on the someone on someone else who actually yes. holds the keys to your freedom yeah. and you'll miss out because all you want is like mm, you're gonna be just like them and you're yep. triggered and don't don't say anything yeah so like i used to have like words and phrases that would bother me i remember like old friends i would have like they would say things like man you're just so stupid like i don't want you around anymore Dude. and then the next day we'll come back around i'm like okay i'm like oh okay i accept you back it's fine like what kind of insanity <laughs> is and i'm you no and the thing is though oftentimes i would put um those blame somebody else for those things yes but in reality if i keep letting them back around that's actually something wrong with me that's right my value that's i right. don't see enough of like i can't have another friend so i got to just deal with this yes and it's okay but those trigger words someone say and i'm like i have to realize like and i'm, I'm like why am i acting why am i jittery mm-hmm. why do i want to retreat why, why mm-hmm. am i ready to go home like oh i'm triggered yes there's something about that yes. phrase that took me back to a moment that i'm not healed from yes and we we got to learn our triggers and know what 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 ticks us and know what bothers us and be open and say hey i'm feeling something and let's talk about it and then that moment while you're already there yeah go ahead and knock it out yeah because i'm telling you this this thing is a whirlwind and if you don't grab it it will grab you Ooh. and those thoughts i would sit there and just like all night i would never go to sleep i remember Man. going days and weeks with like 15 minutes of sleep Dude. and learn to function off of that. That's before energy drinks were like even a, Dude, a, a prominent you, thing. That, you said something so rich there. We learn to function in our dysfunction. Absolutely. Because our dysfunction becomes comfort. Yep. 
and we're we're used to not resting, not sleeping, mm-hmm. not trusting. So that when the Lord puts us in situations and circumstances and community where that is possible, mm-hmm. we fight it mm-hmm. because it's uncomfortable. And we praise people that can function off a few hours of sleep. And yes. Like, okay, that's like, oh, you can do that. And you only slept 30 minutes. Wow, you are so great. Yes. No, you are dysfunctional. <laughs> yes. And, like, and so we, we've got to learn how to start respectfully calling things out, Dude. calling them for what it Dude. is. And if it's there, like, hey, you may you may need to go seek some help. Yeah. If you're not like, oh, I can function. No, you probably need to go get And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with there's, that. There's a book that I read called The Bible. Uh, the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I read that one. I read that one too. But The Body Keeps Score. Absolutely. It's up there. <laughs> it's a bookshelf behind him. It's right there. It's my favorite the book. The Body Keeps Score. And yep. it does. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, I was working uh, three jobs in high school. Me too. That's crazy. Insanity. And high school. I was delivering papers in the morning. I've always been an early bird. I was delivering papers before school. Dang. I would go to school. Mm-hmm. And then I was in a... Um, like a work program where I left like half the day yeah. to go work at a law office wow. downtown. And then from 6 to 6, mm-hmm. 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., I worked in a warehouse. Jesus Christ. Yes. And no. so I was <laughs> functioning like, because at a young age, I had to supply, uh, I had to support my parents and my uh, little brother. Yeah. 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 And so, um, so I I did that one day. I was at the law firm, and I passed wow. out in the records room. Wow! Like they thought I was like unconscious. I was sleep. Wow! <laughs> I was, my body said, "You are going to sleep." Son. <laughs> wow. I was gone. Wow! And uh, and they they checked my pulse. They checked me, and they was like, "He's snoring." <laughs> they wow. left me there. I woke up. Well, sleep? I slept for like six six hours. Wow. Way past my shift. <laughs> wow. I was late for my other job. Oh, God. <laughs> and they were just like, we just, we, you were asleep. And we wow. were like, you, we just felt like we needed to let you rest. And I was wow. just like, now nah, y'all didn't make me late. I bet not lose my other job. <laughs> we mad now. <laughs> but the body keeps score, man. Yeah. I was running, running, running. I was only like 16 16, 17 years mm-hmm. old, and thinking, oh, I got all my life to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I got the rest Passed of my out. My body was like, nah, bro. Nah. That's so horrible. Dude. That, and I think something you mentioned was really cool about the revolving of the world, and I wanted to make mention of that, like how we um, put like all our dysfunction and make that our world. Come on. And we learn how to revolve around it. And just because something has been there for a long time does not mean we create realities around that thing. And I think that is a, a, a struggle. We learn how to adapt mm. versus learning how we can like adjust to like, okay, I don't have to like adapt to this, but mm-hmm. I can adjust to the Okay. Maybe it's right now, but I'm not going to adapt my entire life around that yes. one thing. So yes, I may be going through depression, but I refuse to say I'm going to be 
depressed for the rest of my life. Yes. That means I have adapted to where I'm at. Yes. Or, you know, if I if I if I deal with anxiety, okay, I may be dealing with anxiety now, uh-huh. but it's not for the rest of my life. Yeah. And we talk about like how word curses and things that we we were given to or word covenants, agreements. Mm. And if a doctor says you're gonna deal with this for the rest of your life, I was like, No, mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't receive that. No, I don't. <laughs> so I think you're telling me what, I, what y'all need to know, what's going on right now. But but doing the work is like he mentioned about the um the health stuff. And I used to be 353 pounds. Yes. And now I'm a good 203. Body weight Urgh. losing. But, but my doctor said, hey, if you don't get this under control, you're going to die. Point and so blank. either I can say, all right, cool, you know what? Might as well go out eating what I want to anyway. I'm fine. Or I can say, do that. Or I can say, I don't want my 10-year-old baby girl to bury me. Yes. And so I can choose to live yes. for a reason and live on purpose. Or I can choose to live just in my contentment because I love my food. No. Man. So I, doing the work is I got to put in work and I got to tell myself, no, I got to stop <laughs> doing that. I got I to say, hey, you want to go? No, I can't go there today. Yes. You know, I got to eat this when I really want to eat this. Yes. Like, oh, I got to go to the gym even though I don't want to go to the gym. Yes. Right but those things is doing doing the work looks like putting yourself first mm. and not your cravings first, not your desires That's first. So I have to put myself first, which means I have to value my future and not value this what would I want right now? Man, to me, what I heard was I could either be David, the king, or I mm. could be Hezekiah. Mm-hmm. The king. Absolutely. Absolutely. David says, I've sinned. Nathan came to him and said, bro, it's you. Yep. You it need to get you. this together. Yeah, absolutely. And David says, Lord, you can take everything away yep. except your Holy Spirit. Yep. Because yep. I'm going to get this right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and he got it right. And what David didn't realize was that the lineage of Jesus was coming through him. Absolutely. And so he had to do the work so yeah. that the Messiah yeah. could be born Absolutely. through him. Yes, sir. Whereas Hezekiah, yep. this man said, at least there be peace in my day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Forget them kids. <laughs> Yeah, man. He says, look, he says, the prophet told Hezekiah, man, you didn't show the whole, you didn't show the enemy all that you have. And now your kingdom will be destroyed for the next generation. And this man was like, look, at least there'll be peace in my day. And it's so bad. Kids got to deal with this. (laughs) That's fine. So, man, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing, man. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode of Do The Work. Thank you again for joining us and being a part of this transformative journey. Remember, every person we've spoken to, every story we've shared serves as a testament to the power of dedication, resilience, and the unyielding spirit of the human soul. Your journey, your story is uniquely yours. But in each challenge, remember, there's an opportunity to rewrite your narrative, to choose freedom over fear, and to build a legacy that resonates for generations to come. Thank you for tuning in and being an active participant in your growth journey. Keep showing up. Keep doing the work, especially when it comes to your mental health. And until next time, take the lessons, embrace the journey, and always do the work. Hey!